Hey guys, welcome to the One Life Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today and we hope this message encourages you and strengthens your faith. Enjoy the message. Uh, we're wrapping up a series that we've been doing here at One Life Church on heroes of the Bible. Who doesn't have a hero in life? We all have people that we often look up to in life and uh, today it would be amiss of me not to talk about Jesus and uh, how important Jesus is to our life. And so I've titled today's message, Aligning with Our Hero, Jesus. Who knows that growing up as a kid, you often have little idols and things as you, as you develop, as you age. And uh, one, of the, one of the people that I used to, actually it was a series that I used to follow on television. It was an animation and uh, it was called He-Man. Does anyone re- recall He-Man? Yeah. And uh, for some reason, as a kid, I just couldn't get enough of He-Man. Uh, we've got a photo of, here he is, He-Man, he's there. Isn't he so masculine? What a masculine name, He-Man. I mean, you can't get much more masculine than that, can you? And so I would come home from school and I'd wait for He-Man to be on television. It was a series that ran from about 82 to 88, 1980. That's it. Um, showing my age there. And, uh, and you know, th- there, was, there was one thing about this series and... Um, Adam, he was the Prince of Eternia, and one day he held aloft his magic sword, and he uttered a mantra that was by the power of Grayskull, and all of a sudden, lightning bolts and everything came out, and he transformed into his alter ego, He-Man, and uh, he was very strong, and he took on the evil forces of Skeletor, and it was a series that I found most enthralling as a child. Um, actually, I have a confession to make too this morning. While putting this sermon together, I thought I'd take a moment just to ask Google who is the master of the universe, right? Why not ask Google who the master of the universe is? And you know what? I was pleasantly surprised that the top rating answer came back as God. I will say that I went to do the search on another, on another device and it didn't give me that answer. So whether it was just biased because it knows I'm always researching God topics, I don't know. But according to dictionary, yourdictionary.com, God is the top answer and I would say is the correct answer as well. New Testament scholar and theologian John Piper has been quoted as saying, all heroes are shadows of Christ. How true is that? How true is that, that all heroes that we, we look up to or have looked up to in life, they're all just shadows of Jesus. You know, humanity seems to have such a fascination with larger-than-life characters and personalities. And it's quite often the case, isn't it, that, that people that, that often get a lot of the attention, they have a, a, a big character, they have a big personality, and, and they can tend to attract people and, and, and draw people in. Yet as human beings, we've got this fascination, almost addiction, I might say, or inclination towards wanting to follow someone or something greater than ourselves. And can I suggest there's no one greater to follow than the Lord Jesus Christ. Out of all that we could look up to in this world, that Jesus Christ is the most preeminent one. A man of he-man type proportions, uh, at least in his formative years, uh, was, and he probably doesn't need any introduction, is uh, Arnold get to the chopper, Schwarzenegger, Uh, I'm pretty sure that everyone would recognize Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's uh, well known for his Terminator series. Sorry, we've got Nick here and he's German. And I probably just did a really poor German accent in English, did I? Get to the chopper. (laughs) 
you can uh, you can discipline me later for that, mate, and give me a, a proper rendition. Um, you know, he's famous for his Terminator movies. Um, interestingly enough, though, the star was recently interviewed and, and was asked to comment on his opinion of the afterlife. Uh, always tricky when you ask a celebrity what they think about things like that, isn't it? Anyway, uh, the former bodybuilder, actor and politician, don't forget he was a politician too, uh, he went deep on the topic with his, with his uh, pal Danny DeVito. Some people might remember Danny DeVito, the little short guy that they used to star in a lot of movies together. And uh, during the conversation for Interview Magazine, the Terminator star uh, insisted that heaven was some fantasy. Isn't that sad? Later in this same article that I was reading, Schwarzenegger is later quoted as saying in a YouTube interview in 2021 that I grew up a Catholic... I went to church, went to Catholic school. I learned the Bible and my catechisms. From those days, I remember a phrase that is relevant today, a servant's heart. It means serving something larger than yourself. He added, what we need right now from our elected representatives is a public servant's heart. We need public servants that serve something larger than their own power or their own party. We need public servants that will serve higher ideals, the ideals in which this country was founded the ideals that other countries look up to, end quote. Even though we might have thoughts, people like Arnold Schwarzenegger might have thoughts about whether there is an afterlife, whether there isn't, what that looks like, that there's this desire to want to go after a higher ideal other than the importance of oneself. And I, for one, and I'm sure that you could too, probably think about many people that have been representatives or they might even be current representatives in local government or, or federal government or state government and uh, we can question you know whether they are there for the right motives or not we live in a nation that is blessed we live in a nation that that we do get to have a say and have a voice and uh, get to vote on on who comes in um, but when we think about you know what the bible says about the way that we are to approach people and the way that we are to approach our relationship and our identity with Jesus. I want us just to start uh, with the prophet Isaiah. In, and in Isaiah 9 and verse 6, the prophet said this, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isn't it a wonderful picture of, of the Saviour? that came for each one of us to be a person that would bring in, you know, the, the, the rule of the day and the government would rest upon his shoulder, but also that he would be the Prince of Peace. And some people might recall Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. He came riding on a donkey and a donkey was a, a very humbling way of, of a king to come and say that he was coming in peace. And Jesus definitely did come in peace. But you know, the people of the day were, what was their expectation for what they wanted to receive in terms of, you know, a deliverer for their nation, a deliverer for the times that they found themselves living in? So we've got to ask our, ourselves the question, you know, what, what are we expecting in our Savior? What are we expecting in our deliverer? The people in Jesus' day were certainly waiting for a larger than life, a character to appear, but was their expectation for a, a, a king that was going to come as a prince of peace? Or were they waiting for someone that was going to draw the sword and declare uh, an overthrow of Rome? 
I think it was the latter. But people in Jesus' day were. They were looking for someone larger than life. And, and we know that the Messiah, that's what they were looking for. And Messiah actually just literally means anointed or chosen one. But what was widespread even among the Jews of the day was there was just a lack of agreement on what type of ruler the people were looking for. There were three groups of people, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the Herodonians. They were another group of people as well. And the Herodonians, they wanted to align with Herod and the government of the day. We must get behind the Herods and, and, and this is how we're going to get peace and this is how we're going to uh, go forward as, as a nation. We get behind this particular leader or leaders that are going to be in that political sphere. And we had Pharisees and, and the Pharisees were keeping all of God's laws and statutes and then some. 613, I believe, uh, laws, but then the Pharisees actually made some up of their own as well. And, and it's, a bit like, it's a bit like insurance. You know, if you were to take out in every insurance policy that one person could ever take out, you'd be forever paying insurance policies. You can just about insure for every event. Well, the Pharisees were great at making up things that you could and couldn't do and things that had to be done in a certain way. So restrictive. And the Sadducees, they didn't even believe in the resurrection. The Sadducees wanted to align themselves with Herod as well and, and thought that that was a way of, of, of gaining better influence for their people. And I believe that as, as Christians, as representatives of Christ, we also carry a great amount of influence. We may not necessarily see that influence in the physical realm, but we certainly carry influence in the spiritual realm and the realm of the Spirit. And the Bible says that in the last days that many people are going to be deceived. The Bible has a lot to say. In, in fact, Jesus spoke quite openly about the Antichrist or, you know, an anti-Messiah. And as believers, I believe that as we find ourselves living in these days and, and, and what and whom and how and we align ourselves with different people or, or, or different uh, representatives that come out from time to time, different voices that seem to resonate with us we've got to ask ourselves do does do their agendas resonate with the messiah with the jesus of the bible that i've come to know because if anything we know it says that people will be deceived even god's elect will be deceived jesus had this to say actually in matthew chapter 24 and verses 4 to 8 uh, he said, Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you may hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Have we seen a few earthquakes in the earth lately? Have we seen nation going to war against nation? Have we seen things that can cause us to become a little bit concerned about the times that we find ourselves living in? What does Jesus say? He said this, he said, but don't panic. Isn't that reassuring? I'm sure that Jesus' conversation must have got the attention of his disciples because it sure as eggs gets my attention as well. That Jesus actually said, do not panic when you see these things happen. That that word, don't panic, in the Greek is a word, throeo, which means thrown into emotional uproar. 
How often in, in, in society, in, in life, do we see people just thrown into emotional uproar? You know, this is not right and, and I'm going to go after this cause and there's that cause and, and there's so many things that we could get arbitrary about. But Jesus said, do not panic when we find ourselves living in these days. The psalmist said in Psalm 118 and verse 8, it says, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. I don't know about you, but I want to be like the psalmist. I want to take refuge in the Lord. Those that trust in the Lord will dwell in the shadow of the Almighty, Psalm 91 says. Why should we fear? Because God is our Savior. God is our Deliverer. Christ is for us who can be against us. You know, Jesus, he's wanting us as a church, I believe, to be ready, but he's wanting us to be aligned with him. And in Jesus' day, the Herodonians thought that Herod might bring some temporary relief and and peace, at least from a political point of view. And I think that we all uh, are concerned for the times that we find ourselves living in. But I believe that we've got to continue to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, to keep our trust in him, not to put our confidence in in human effort, but to think about what he told us to concentrate on. And that was continue to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything else will fall into place as long as we continue to seek first his kingdom. You know, Jesus has come to bring us eternal salvation, deliverance, not by overthrowing the Romans or the liberals or the nationals or the Republicans or whoever else, but by overthrowing sin and death. And who knows that that is the greatest thing, the greatest enemy to humankind is the curse of sin and death. The effects of sin and death, of course, are manifest in many in our society. And all the issues that we have are, are attributed to that God designed this world to operate in a, in a, in a perfect state, in, in, a, in a, a way that he said was, was good. Everything that he, he put forward was, was good. And when he created man, he said that it was very good. And yet we know that, that because of the fall and because of Adam and Eve and original sin, that curse has been poured out upon this world. But one day, Jesus is going to come and set things right again. And he's the only one that can set things right again. And he's the one that we continue to look for and trust in. He's the one that we continue to want to align our lives with. I just want to share this particular passage out of Acts chapter 4. And uh, you may recall uh, the disciples uh, were involved in a healing that took place. And I'm going to read this out of Acts 4 and verse 8 to 12 out of the message It says this, And with that, Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, let loose. Don't you like that? Let loose. Rulers and leaders of the people, if we have been brought to trial today for helping a sick man put under investigation regarding this healing, I'll be completely frank with you. We have nothing to hide. By the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one you killed on a cross, the one God raised from the dead by means of his name, this man stands before you healthy and whole. Jesus is the stone you masons threw out, which is now the cornerstone. Salvation comes no other way, no other name. 
has been or will be given to us by which we can be saved, only this one. I think about this scene where, where Peter gets up and he's, he's bold and, and, and there's an opportunity to declare. And, and I wonder that the, the amount of times that, that I've been given opportunity to declare of the goodness of God and have I had the boldness of Peter to stand up and just be frank with people and say, the reason I can say this, the reason I can testify is because Jesus is the one who is greater. Jesus is the one who all the glory belongs to. And I want to encourage us, church, to be people that align our lives with Jesus no matter what the cost. Because we need to be people that continue to speak truth in love, continue to, to resonate the message that Jesus has given to his church, to be people that to communicate to a nation, to peoples that are far away from Jesus, that they would come near to Jesus by saying that there is a way to get out of this. There is a way that things can be put right. But first, we must come to a knowledge and a faith and a trust in Jesus Christ. First, we must come and align our lives with the life of Christ. Because there's no other way that we'll ever see resolution other than through Jesus. And I think about the boldness of Peter appearing here before the rulers and leaders of the people. And it is just that Jesus is the way. It is just that Jesus is the answer for this world. It's just that Jesus is the answer for every person that needs healing. Jesus is the one that we look to and want to align towards. He's our hero. And so I just want to finish today by, by asking ourselves the question, how do we align our lives with Jesus? Maybe you're someone that, that has been a Christian for a long time. Maybe you're someone that's new to church. Maybe you don't know a lot about Jesus. You don't know a lot about what we've been talking about or worshipping about in this place today. But let me tell you, friend, that, that Jesus is the most important figure, the most important influence that could ever be introduced to your life. Jesus came into this world that we wouldn't have to suffer the punishment of sin. Jesus came into this world to set things right again. And each one of us has an opportunity to align our, our lives with him and to allow him to be the Lord of our lives. And so how do we align our lives with Jesus? Well, the first thing we need to do is we need to repent. In Luke chapter 5 and verse 32, Jesus said, I've, I've come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners and need to repent. That's the first thing we need to be able to do as people that want to align ourselves with Christ. And, and perhaps you might be a person that has had your trust in Jesus for quite some time. Friend, can I remind us that, that we still need to repent? We come initially and, and we repent and, and we ask God for a new life and to come inside our lives and to transform us and change us. But repentance is something that I've become accustomed to. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells on the inside of our lives and reminds us of things that, that need to be repented of. And so for me and, and from, for, for the vast majority of us, repentance is something that we do on, on a daily basis. We come and we say, Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've messed up. I'm sorry that my life, I, I've made some really lousy decisions in my life. But Jesus, I, I accept what you've done for me and, and I ask you to forgive me. Lord, I want to turn from that 
that way of looking at life. I want to turn from those attitudes. I want to turn from those desires. I want to turn from those things. And I just ask, Lord, would you help me to do that today? That's what repentance is. Turning to Jesus, turning to God. And you know, our God is ever faithful to receive us. The second thing we need to do is we need to believe. In John chapter 20 and verse 31, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in Him, you'll have life by the power of His name. Who doesn't want life? There's something intrinsic on the inside of each one of us that knows that we are born for more. That this life that we live is not just 70, 80 years, whatever. Some people make it over 100 years. God bless them. But life is not just this time that we get to spend on earth, but it goes on into eternity. We were created for more. We were created to be eternal beings. And that expectation, the Bible says that God has placed eternity in the heart of man. And the reason why we, we wonder, the reason why we think, why is there more, is because God's placed that inside you and he's placed it inside me that there is more for us. And so what we have to do is we have to believe. We have to believe in Jesus. We have to believe that he's the Messiah. Believe that he is God's chosen one. Believe that he died for my sin. Believe that he rose again on the third day, that he's no longer dead, that he's alive. And that one day, He's going to come back again for those who put their trust in Him. The third thing we need to do is we need to obey. In John chapter 14 and verse 23, it says, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Friend, there's no greater place to dwell than to dwell in a place that is walking in obedience with God. And it's something that we do and continue to do. Allow God to teach us, allow God to shape us, allow God to direct our paths. As we bring our lives to repenting, believing and obeying, we align with Jesus. Matthew Henry, and I'm going to finish with this quote. He said this, he said, The true Christian hero will appear in the cause of Christ, not only when it is prevailing, but when it seems to be declining. He or she will be on the right side, though it not be the rising side. See, sometimes it's not always going to be popular to follow Jesus. But I pray, friend, today that, that we will be on the right side. <laughs> there will be people that align with Jesus, that we be people that continue to worship and obey Him and follow all that He has instructed us to follow. Jesus is faithful to do everything that he said he was going to do. And he loves you more than you can possibly ever imagine. And we want to create an opportunity in this place today that if you do not know Jesus, if, if your life is not aligned with Christ, can I invite you to make Jesus your hero today? Can I invite you to make Jesus your Lord and Savior today? If that's you and you're in this place today, we're going to pray a prayer. And what I want to encourage you to do, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if you pray this prayer for the first time today, or maybe you've prayed it at some other stage, but it's a genuine request for Him to come inside your life today, can I encourage you to just share that with someone that you may know? Maybe someone that you might be here at church today with and just say, I prayed that prayer for the first time today. If that's you, can I encourage you to do that? 
because it's going to be the most exciting thing you can ever possibly do. Hey, let's pray this morning. We're going to pray a simple prayer, and I just ask you to repeat this prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to be my Lord and Savior. And Lord, I ask you to forgive me. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sin. I believe you paid the price. Jesus, I also believe that you rose on the third day. And I thank you now that you are Lord of my life. I put my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.